Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is May 15th, 2019. It is a Wednesday, right after this day. We're on our way to the weekend. I wanted to talk, though, about something that we are not shown, not told, walk right past to someone that isn't a forever partner. And we walk right past so many people that can be. And I know it's part of our life lesson. I know how it feels when we get really excited about someone and we think, wow, and what if? And sometimes that other person doesn't even know and we're like holding on to the fact that we love them. And we may do it for years. And yet, somehow, we never get to know them. Or we date somebody, and it just feels too easy, and we want it to be harder. We want fireworks. And that word, fireworks, is a big problem when it comes to meeting people who may be in our best interest. Because what really happens when you meet somebody that you can be with, It's actually kind of a, oh, wow, like this quiet calm that kind of sneaks up on you. Like, hmm, I I feel like I can just be myself. And sometimes we mistake that for friendship or we mistake it for someone who, wow, I just feel good around that person. And yet we walk right past them to the people that won't work ultimately, ultimately in our life. And so today, I just wanted to focus on the things that we can pass by and not know what just hit us, almost to a point where we feel so normal with that person because their temperament their ease in conversations. You could tell them what you believe is your worst thing that you think you'd never tell anybody. And they find a way to take it in and support you. And say, hey, you know what? That wasn't that bad. Hey, you know what? I'm sorry that that happened to you. Or I'm sorry that you had to hold on to that for all those years. And they they don't judge you. They don't look at you like, oh, my gosh, you just blew it. They don't use it against you in an argument. That's it. Once it's solved, it's solved, and it is gone. And you guys just go on. And for a minute, it's almost weird if you haven't been in a relationship like that. To never bring it up again. Even you yourself, you're the person who said it or did it. And you yourself want to bring it up again. And they're like, what are you talking about? We, we took care of that. We're good. I'm good. I, I didn't even think about it since then. 
But if you need to talk about it, I'm here. I'll listen. Just tell me all you want me to do is listen, and I will. And then it's just gone. And it is possible. So what happens when another soul is connected to you and you to them? What does that feel like? And what do your conversations sound like? I know people who've been together for a long time. Long time. Like, I'm talking 40 years or more. And I have asked them so many questions. And even relationships that you may look at from the outside in, and you may call them dysfunctional relationships. They're not functioning in in what I would say properly. There's a lot of weird little, like, I, you know, oh, well, he does this for me. Well, she does that for me. And and you do things for each other that, you know, really are none of anybody else's business. And you found a way to live. You can live. There's this emotional agreement that happens with people who can stay together forever. And it is an emotional agreement. It surpasses attraction because they definitely were attracted and those first meetings that they had together fuel them for the entire life of the relationship how they met how beautiful they thought the other one was and inside and out and how you know their families met and what their first child and all those stories were the fuel of the relationship, the stories that, of the things that they did together. Not the stuff they did apart, because that was their time to fuel themselves to be able to run the relationship the way it ran. But the stuff they did together is the stuff that fueled their souls. It's the stuff that fueled their relationship. It's the stuff that fueled their children. It's the stuff that fueled their work. It just builds its own ecosystem within this relationship. There's a recovery. If there's an argument, things like sex are not withheld. Things like not speaking are not withheld. You know, all these things that normally when we hear of people being upset and they're like, oh, no, that's not okay. You need to, and you go after the person and you don't put the relationship first naturally. Not where you have to be told, hey, you know what, you're arguing for yourself and you're arguing and and then you have to figure out how to do that. There's a calm that they'll still be together no matter what happens. No matter what's going to come and go within the relationship, you never think of it as something that will make or break the relationship. There's some things you may choose to do that you don't like at the end of doing it, and then you have to try to recover. 
And every hard part of that, you just naturally do together. When you need an outlet, when you need a few days away, you say, you know what, I need a couple of days, and you you go away somewhere, like to a spa or something where you can just be quiet, or maybe it's just at home where everyone just kind of stands back a little bit, give you time to read or to just take a long bath or to sleep a little more, whatever it is. It's like this natural flow of shared time, alone time, decisions. But calm and recovery and trust that you guys are going to be there. I, I worked with a couple once that were almost like they were daring each other to do something that would attack the relationship. And I couldn't figure out why they would wait for something like that. It's like waiting for an earthquake. Why would you wait for your partner to mess up? And as I dug further, they had a scoreboard mentality. And in the life of their relationship, one of them was always ahead of the other one. Whoever did the last thing wrong was kind of how they fed off of each other to go on to the next thing where one would kind of cater to the other and then the other one would do something wrong and then that would be, and it just kind of kept them going. And I wondered why. So I started talking to, and and this is with them in front of each other, so it was kind of more fun because when the truth unfolded, they got to see the inner workings of each other. And they realized both of them came from families with a lot of brothers and sisters. And they realized that they were always fighting for the attention of their parents. And this is how they fought for the attention within the relationship. So when I I said to them, do you guys kind of see a correlation between, you know, wanting to be the favorite or wanting to be the one that was right or good to the parents? Do you guys see that happening here where you want to be good to the other one and you can only do it by proving you were right or that you did something for the other person or whatever you did to shine the light on yourself. And then they just kind of like, went, Oh my God. And I'm like, isn't that cool to see that you're just competing with each other for each other's attention. But what if you just gave each other attention without having to pull out all that kind of stuff? Not having to point out what the other one did wrong because you're the right child for the day. Because you know how that goes with a bunch of brothers and sisters. That can change in five seconds. But once they saw that, it healed that part of them that felt like they needed attention even if it was for something negative. And it took them a while, mind you, even though it healed, to put that into play. 
but the recovery part of their relationship. It wasn't like, oh, wow, I grew and now I'm way ahead of my partner in this relationship. They both were kind of like, holy cow, what do we do next? How do we get out of that pattern? How do we break that habit? And I'm like, like any other habit, one step at a time. And they just literally like wanted a, a written out plan. It was funny, but it was so cool, those discoveries. But we can have those discoveries when we're not scared that anything will make or break the relationship. We don't have to go out and buy a new house to prove that we love each other or that we're still thriving and look at how we're growing. We don't have to you know, try to get something to make the other one know that we love them. We already know they know we love them. We don't have to spend money on, like, proving, like, oh, I bought her this ring or I bought her these earrings or I bought her this car or I bought, you know, you don't have to do those things to show the other person. You could if you want to, but you don't have to. The other person would be fine one way or the other. What happens when you're with a forever partner is all the stuff that we're not taught love is. We are taught love is fireworks, going back to that word. Love is fireworks. Love is like, oh, my gosh, your heart has to feel like it's going to jump out of your body. And, you know, all this stuff we're so... And it's none of that. We may feel that, but that's curiosity. The love part really, really does sometimes get overlooked. There was a young man. He is in his middle 20s. (laughs) I love this story. And he has not had much experience with women. And a lot of it is because he was just busy with school, busy with things. And then as he got to wanting to do that throughout his life, wanting to date, wanting to get to know someone further, he would get as far as the friends part. And I found out that he was talking about how he's never gone out with someone in that. And I said, but why not? And I found out. He never asked anybody. He was scared at the asking part. But what happened to him was in that time, because he didn't date, he would go out with people for a dinner or a lunch or just talk to them and maybe see them regularly. And he learned to get to know people. He met some people that he had a very strong connection to. So I said to him, well, now you know what a connection feels like. What happened to you when you felt connected? I thought about them all the time. I couldn't wait to go speak to them again. Every time I did speak to them, when I left, I just felt good. And then I couldn't wait to see them again. It was like if I didn't talk to them, I felt like, something was missing and I wanted to go back and 
and talk to them. And this is just all friendship, but he did have an attraction attached to certain friendships that he didn't have in other places. So he got to see that. So fast forward in this young man's life, he met someone that he he got that feeling, that calm that we're talking about. Like, wow, what was that? That's not how I expected this to happen. And he came to me and he said, I feel like I just got hit by a truck. And I said, why? And I'm thinking something had happened. I'm like, oh, my gosh, they need to talk and I need to be there and all of this stuff. So I'm listening. And it was just because he didn't know what to do. Because now we had these feelings of this is overwhelming to me to feel like I want to get to know someone past how I've wanted to get to know other people. I felt like I was at home. And I didn't think I'd ever really find that. But I think I found it. And he really did. He just kept shaking his head while he was talking to me. Because sometimes what we are looking for doesn't come to us in the package we thought it would. They may not be the the right age or same age in our brain. They may not look physically like the person we may have thought. Yet our attraction to them is internal, not external alone. That place where you can make decisions together, where you can work your way in and out of a conflict and understand that it's not about the relationship, it's about the conflict. To have outlets. To understand you need time alone to rejuvenate just yourself and and to understand that about each other, not be threatened. Because I know I was in a relationship sometime back where the man wanted to travel by himself for like 10 days and and do it quite frequently. And I thought, oh, something's wrong. And I like inside, I would just bubble up. But it turned out it was because I didn't trust him, period. I didn't trust him when he was in front of me, let alone when he wasn't. I kept asking myself why I was there. And I knew he taught me that someone's behavior is not special to me. It is who they are wherever they go. Do I want to accept this bag of tricks as a lifetime or not? He taught me objectivity in relationships. I knew he loved me. I knew he cared about me. I knew he wanted me there, but me being there was at my own expense. And the fact that that could not be seen, felt, or heard, I had to decide, do I want to stay invisible and just turn over my life, or do I want my life back? And we all know the answers to those questions at this point in time. But he wasn't a forever partner. I did not feel calm. There was no recovery after a disagreement. There was someone was right and someone was wrong. And if he was wrong, then it was my fault. 
I did not have trust. The inner peace I thought I had spun me in my sleep. Decisions that were made were all made in his favor. Outlets I did have, but while I was gone, all I could think about was everything that was wrong in the relationship. I was just too young to feel like I didn't want to try. I wanted to try. I wanted to make it better. I wanted to show him that I cared. I wanted to show the relationship that I'm there and I'm not a quitter. But it started affecting our shared time. Because now I needed to talk about, like, do you realize that the stuff is going on in the relationship, even though when we're together, it's not brought up? Now, he would have said, yes, you know what? I do realize that's going on, and, and that's not fair to you, and it isn't okay that I'm constantly coming and going and, you know, whatever, whatever. That would have worked. But what didn't work was, oh, you don't want me to travel? Well, not without me all the time. That's kind of weird. Well, you know, you can come if you pay your way, or you can come if, and there's always an if. And I thought, holy cow, is this how this is going to be? This makes me feel jumpy. This makes me feel nervous. I knew it wasn't going to be forever. And on Facebook, I got all these reactions to having a forever partner because forever partners do exist. It doesn't mean we did something right or wrong. It means that we recognize that what we needed in life may not have been what we thought we needed. But what happens? Somebody says, oh, there's no such thing as, and nothing is forever. Well, yeah. That's true, but you know what we mean when we say forever partner. So I just said, it can be, however, do we miss the sign? Then I got from someone I knew, remember that time you confused a life lesson for a soulmate? That was curiosity. But what people don't remember about what they do is maybe they manipulated a person to go too fast. And that can happen. And if somebody's trying to go too fast from the beginning, like they want to get married in a month or two weeks, as fast as we get into a relationship will be as fast as we get out at times, most of the time, because we are responding to curiosity. We are responding to things we don't know yet. And we're making decisions based on someone we don't even know the dynamics of. That's what happened. So I put as a response, very well. I've done it. And that's okay because then you learn what that feels like and you learn not to do that. And then Leah Gill writes, when you are in harmony with each other, that's when you know. It's just as different as everybody's opinion. It's just as different as every relationship we're in, but never underestimate the calm. Calm and recovery are the backbone of every relationship because you cannot be calm without truth, love, and purity at work. You cannot recover without truth, love, and purity at work. 
And then the love starts to grow and deepen and grow roots, and you're able to go forward. And sometimes we're almost at a disbelief, like, wow, how many years have we been together? Oh, God, I can't even remember. Wait, we met this year. What year is it now? Oh, my gosh, we've been together 21 years. They don't even count the years. The first anniversary comes and goes. The second comes and goes. It's something you like to celebrate. You might go out for dinner. You might say, hey, wow, thank you for being here all that time. Thank you for standing by me. Thank you for the normalness in our lives. Thank you for the ease. Fireworks aren't what make a relationship. Fireworks burst and they're gone. They burst and they're gone. Calm and recovery. Our truth, love, and purity at work. So how can you kind of identify that feeling? If you're single, it's the feeling that you have when you're around your best friend and you know that no matter what happens, you're still going to be best friends. If you can feel that with a person you are attracted to, that will help you know the difference between curiosity, and feeling longer term. And the reason that's important is as we get older, we do find out what doesn't work, but nobody really talks to us about what does work. It's not about someone we think is cool. It's not about someone we think will make us look a certain way or validate an insecurity we may have. It's not about us getting someone. You don't have to get a person you love to love you back. That will never end. It's not about being attracted to their celebrity, whatever that is, whether they're the most popular person at work or in the group of friends or in or a real celebrity that is a celebrity. Those are usually hard relationships to have. Because it's going to be all about that person, unless that person knows how to give back. And that's something to pay attention to, because over time, that will be a broken link. And that's why people get in, but then they also get out. But the other thing to pay attention to is that that feeling you have with friends, that's a backbone of a forever partner is that you are friends as well as the attraction, as well as the understanding, the normalcy of an everyday relationship. It's when the love deepens as the trust grows. It's building those roots when we build roots with somebody, we work together towards a common goal of just running our families, running ourselves, running each other in a way that we can work together. It is that simple. 
the minute I hear somebody say, oh, relationships are really hard. We have to work at it every single day. First thing I say is, isn't that exhausting? Well, yes. But they're used to that exhausting. And it works for them to feel like they're working at anything every single day. And if they're both okay with that, it will work for them. If one of them's okay with it and the other one isn't, there will be conflict. Because inside of every forever relationship is the calm of knowing you will always be there. For people who have children, the way you feel about your children, that family feeling, like no matter what happens, they're still my kid. You say, well, no matter what happens, they're still my partner. And I will fight for this relationship like we do for our kids. When you can transfer those feelings and you look at that person as a family as opposed to a partner, like, well, that's just my partner because partners can come and go, but families stay. You at least can feel that feeling of forever partner. And by forever partner, I just mean as long as the two of you are happy. You guys, it's already over. I can't believe it. I love you guys. I will see you tomorrow on Dream Team Thursday. Have a great Wednesday. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.